<clears throat> well, man, we're yeah. back yeah. out of Philippians. Water finished, wrapped up. Which was good. We, we don't have a commentary finished yet, but no. <laughs> you're you're busy uh, typing that up as we as we speak. Sold in every major Barnes and Noble, Aisons and W H Smith. <laughs> Are they still going? Aisons is nearly lost. Are they? Uh, oh my! Last time you were on Aisons. We're not open them again. Nah, the one in Foreign Side's not open. Apparently, all those workers had degrees. One, or an Had the what? Had degrees. In some sort of circumstance. Sure. Yeah. So what am I at? I'm flipping here to Philippians, ain't we? Ah, Daniel. we're Daniel, man. We Daniel. Daniel. So the answer to the poll was, was fairly sure. Um, it was Daniel, although I think we all voted for Bar David, who didn't vote. No. <laughs> Did you not vote? I haven't had one. Ah, that's true. But we voted for Ecclesiastes. <laughs> well, I'm not that we're on well, maybe the maybe maybe this is a thing. Maybe we could just go on to Ecclesiastes, just throw that out there. We could go to Ecclesiastes next, but we'll see. Sure, we're we'll Daniel, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Good book. and I suppose one of the things about Daniel is, leave out Josephus commentary down there too. Um, as you kind of come to Daniel with a lot of in your mind things, because maybe you are a bit like me on Sunday school, you know, and. Around church or anything, Daniel would have been a a main point. Even in children's stories, it's like you have David and Goliath, and you have Daniel and the lion's den. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you, it's hard to come to a passage fresh. Mm. No, nah, that's fair. And look at it as though I like again. Well, I like what Alistair Begg says. Sometimes you almost wish that you could forget all that you know about it just so that you could come to it and, and feel the excitement of hearing it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so really we're going to try to try to do that as we as we do this. We're not we decided not to go as heavily into the history as what we did in Philippians and just let it roll out mm-hmm. as it appears. Um, so But it is my say me and Gareth both rock and perfect. I know. We, we originally were going to call this barefoot Bible study, and we were, we are now fairly barefooted. Mm. But we're, going to, we're going to do that until we looked up YouTube, but seen some of the really <laughs> dodgy examples of what a barefoot Bible study looks like. Uh, I, I will not get into that. So I have it verses one to eight. seven. Yes, yeah, sir, one to seven, and then eight. Is kind of a natural split on this, um, so yeah. we're going to concentrate probably on the first bit here, are we? Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll do that, which is a natural kind of background for the whole thing, anyway. Um, anyone in particular want to read? I can read it, of course. I go ahead, you only brought one Bible tonight. So. One Bible. Oh. Yeah, okay, so um, read down the verse, end of verse 7. Oh. In the third year, of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem, and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and his hand, with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, uh, to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasury, into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto uh, Aspenaz, the, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and uh, of the king's seed and of the princes 
Children in whom there was no blemish, um, but well-favoured and skilful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine, which he drank, so nourishing them three years. At the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, uh, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name Belshazzar, mm-hmm. and Hananiah um, of Shadrach, and to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. Or is it Abednego? Abednego. Well, there's a wee dash in my Bible, so they reckon mm-hmm. when that's in, you, you, say the, you say them like two separate words, oh, if I'm right, so it's Abed, Nego. Okay. But I'm open to be corrected on that. But we'll finish there. Um, mm-hmm. See ya. Yeah. The, not to even get that word, I suppose, whenever I said I said Abednego, but then that's because... To be I'm, honest, growing up, that's how I would have heard it. Too, so. But just reading that, obviously, the D comes before the end. Mm. So, I've been saying it wrong my whole life. Well, it's just, uh, we've had a last couple of ministers, well, our, la- our present minister, actually, at uh, the church. He says, Ab- uh, Abednego. Uh-huh. Abednego. And then she's like, and I have, but I've been the same as you. Uh, Abednego. Mm. Abednego. Well. And we're not going to break out our... Children's courses on Daniel. And Not yet. Shadrach, Meshach. There is one Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, wasn't there? Ah, there is. I think uh, so. I don't know. I can't remember. I'm sure if someone sang it to me, I would maybe remember. But <clears throat> I can't remember. But uh, for do, I'll, I'll sing it to you in a voice message. Sometime. Yeah. So, on the third year of King Jehoiakim, King mm. of Judah. So, you've brought notes tonight. I actually did do notes. Mm-hmm. And and David, who inspired us from last time, was caught in a half without notes. <laughs> That's caught half That's how professional we are now, though. We're all. But um, I actually looked up Jehoiakim. Yeah, um, you did. Yeah. To find out, as I say, in that wee piece of paper, Dave. Sorry, guys. Which you've now stolen my notes. <laughs> no, I always fold it in four. No. <laughs> I was looking. <laughs> it's just like that. <clears throat> now, good to go. So. He's mentioned in Second Chronicles 36. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's where it kind of fits in, in in the books of Kings and Chronicles. So it's really at the tail end of the last chapter. And at this point, we were saying, obviously the kingdom of Israel had split. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Israel and Judah down the bottom. And for a long time, Judah was good. Kingdom, godly kings, people serving the Lord. And Israel was slowly declining and yes. more and more idolatry. And then, I kind of slipped over um, my Bible here. And then you found that once they were destroyed, Judah became just as bad, if not worse, mm-hmm. than its mm-hmm. neighbor. So, what it says here is, there we go. Um, Thirty-six, four. Uh, Jehoiakim mm-hmm. 
was 25 years old when it began to reign and reigned for 11 years in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and against him became up Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. He bound him in chains to take him away and carried the vessels of the house of the Lord, which we read, and put them in his palace. And then just goes on to say that uh, the acts and the abominations that he did um, is written in the book of the kings of Israel. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously, because he's mentioned so short, it almost seems as though they want to forget about him. His, son, his sons must have been... Uh, great. This must have been fairly great. Well, I think too, it's noted it was only in the fourth year of his reign that they were taken captive, so maybe there wasn't a lot to say because maybe, as you say, he didn't do a lot in four years other than. Um, the Lord. Yeah, and lead, lead um, God's people into, into idolatry and into sin. So they reckon that's around the year um, 606 BC, mm -hmm. which was when they were hanged because. Um, when we start here at the start of Daniel and we, we were discussing this earlier we reckoned that when Jehoiakim and Israel were taken captive that Daniel and his friends here we reckoned they were about somewhere between 14 and 17 you'd read somewhere where they were about 15 uh, or so there sure. seems fairly good consensus they were mm. kind of mid-teens mid kind of which would be just to give a context there for uh, And you have to remember too that the book of Daniel spans basically the whole exile. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. About 70 it, years or so. Mm -hmm. it, and Daniel knew that. They, this, uh, this takeover by Nebuchadnezzar didn't take him by surprise either. Because the likes of Jeremiah and Isaiah and mm -hmm. a whole wreck of other prophets, even Habakkuk, mm -hmm. um, we're all proclaiming this. Mm -hmm. um, Habakkuk in particular, he, he he questioned the Lord almost as to why would such a, an aggressive people came and that, just to describe the Babylonians. This was how he, this was how he described them. Where we? Um, the Lord answered, and this was how he God himself described the Babylonians. Behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation who marched through the breadth of the earth and seize dwellings that are not their own they are the dread they are dreaded and fearsome their justice and dignity go before themselves horses swifter than leopards more fierce than evening wolves horsemen press on proudly so these were the people who god was using mm -hmm. and it even says in other places that he was using nebuchadnezzar as his mm -hmm. instrument mm -hmm. to, to exact his justice on the people okay sorry Dan, go ahead yeah no i was what i was going to say was uh no, we were chatting about how the, how the people of Israel they were, you know, they're anti idolatry and all, and you know, and, you, and this, this uh, King Nebuchadnezzar and, and uh, Jehoiakim destroyed them. You're thinking, mm -hmm. oh, why would he do that to God's people? But God gave the people free will, mm -hmm. and then he's like, well, you're just slant, you know, insulting me so much, you're, you know, with this idolatry, and I've given you the promised mm -hmm. land. You can do that on being captives and being shamed and mm -hmm. destroyed and, and you're not doing it on my land. I read the first three about that there, you know. Weirdspace we commentary yeah. there says um, he'd rather have them have them acting holy in a pagan land mm -hmm. rather than acting like pagans in a holy land called right. by his name. That's very um, good. Yeah. As we talked about 
uh, during the week too. Israel had fallen onto great um, sunfall, mm. sunfulness and idolatry, mm -hmm. going as far as um, uh, sacrificing children. Yeah. Um, which, uh, and if you're reading the likes of Jeremiah and Ezekiel, he keeps calling us back up as in you're even giving your own children to mm. these gods. A thought that wouldn't even have crossed the Lord God's mind. Mm -hmm. You know, just um, another point too to tie into what Dave was saying and even in relation to that. Um, you know, you, God will give you so much grace to a point, won't he? Mm -hmm. And I don't know how it's translated in your Bible there, but you know, like verse 2 t tells that, you know, that it was the Lord gave Jehoiakim, you know, mm -hmm. it wasn't that this was just by some... It was all God's uh, plan. God permitted it, essentially, mm -hmm. is maybe the best way to put it. Mm -hmm. So, But I really like that, it was really helpful from Wearsby, like, that's a good way of looking at it. But mm -hmm. even even in the midst of this, they must have thought, like, what's going on? And, you know, most people would sort of trace the 70-year exile pretty much from this point. As mm -hmm. you were saying, by the end of Daniel, I mm -hmm. think they're starting to probably... Be, some of them be sent back. Aye, they, so, they go back to rebuild the temple. You see that in the, in the book of Ezra, which kind of puts down it. Sometimes this is where the Bible is confusing. Because the books are grouped together not in a chronological way, mm -hmm. it's quite difficult sometimes to think this book, even though Ezra and Nehemiah are, are just after Job, mm -hmm. that they actually come after Daniel. In yes. The chronological order. Yes. Um, same with Esther as well. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's very handy to forget. Um, that, but it, this here also parallels and just what you're thinking. The likes of them, you know, when the God gave them unto his hand, they took the vessels to the house of the Lord and placed it on his God. It's almost back to the Ark of the Covenant mm -hmm. with Sam, back in the days of Samuel. Mm -hmm. Whereas the Philistines came and they defeated. They defeated Israel, and Israel thought, right, we'll roll up the Ark of the Covenant here, and uh, that'll sort them out, and God give them unto their hand. Mm -hmm. um, and whenever the Ark was taken unto the temple of their God, he he basically broke the idols down in front of them. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, was that Dagon, I think? Was that what they called uh, maybe? I think maybe mm -hmm, one of them. That's right. And so, even though these people, you know, looking around, Back in, back in those days, they wouldn't have just seen those armies victory and been, my God's greater than your God, Yes. type of thing. So a lot of wars were fought in that. They were fought uh, as religious wars, but um, obviously, yeah, like, so the pagan, it was essentially, Babylon was holding up their gods as the pinnacle, and, like, we'll mm -hmm. probably get into that, because there's a lot of, I think, a lot of uh, symbolism tied into that for why... Um, they changed their names mm -hmm. because they were trying to take because i don't know you spells have looked into this too you know obviously and it was commonplace for people of the of the children of israel that their name meant something and normally was related in some way to an attribute of god yeah and so one of the reasons why the babylonians obviously changed their names was that it was like a it was almost like a re-educational mm -hmm. re-education thing they were trying to remove any uh, concept or any um, thing from uh, the idea of Jehovah, you know, of Yahweh. Um, and we're trying to basically retrain these guys and, and the entire group of people that were taken captive that actually know our gods in control. But I think something that's 
hopefully we'll see throughout Daniel as well, is that one of the big themes of Daniel is that God is sovereign. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so ironically, you have all these people have changed their names and and then, but God's, as we said earlier there, God gave Jehoiakim hand, and God was in control of all this, and mm -hmm. even the rise of Babylon, and permitting that. And so we'll see, I'm sure, by the end, as our study goes on, that actually God proves very much in the end that actually he's, mm -hmm. he is the one true God, and, uh, and that's just what that, In that journal of the Bible, I read, didn't look on the top, and it was the thing is, like, God is the hero of this story. Mm -hmm. Yes. But, but that's that's not just for the story of Daniel. It's the story of the whole Bible and our lives as mm -hmm. well, you know. That's true. Because it doesn't matter whenever you're talking about Abraham or David or Samuel. You know, God as the constant. God as the as the hero and the same as in Daniel. Mm -hmm. You know, Daniel was faithful. Mm -hmm. But it was God who was working through him um, to bring about his purpose. And that's... And that's an amazing thing to think about because whenever we look at our lives, it then becomes, you know, if I'm faithful to God, what can he bring about? Because mm -hmm. there was nothing really that, bar their faithfulness, the heroes of the Bible were just men, normal. Mm -hmm. nor normal people. Yes, um, some of them were pretty good, like, the, like we were talking about Moses, he killed a man. You know, mm -hmm. things like that. You know, you used... we were talking about, yeah. uh, they all had pasts, but uh, at the same time, God, you know, used them. Tax collectors. David was the same, Saul. like, you know, yeah. like, and some of them had, we were digressing a wee bit here, but like, some of them had amazing names. You know, David was known as the sweet psalmist of Israel, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and as a man after God's own heart, and yet he was a man that committed adultery, Murder. and essentially got, um, mm -hmm. yep, absolutely, and, but that's, as horrible as that is, it's encouraging because it means that even when we make a hash of things, God can redeem it and bring. Um, so. so that's good. So what, uh, what Nebuchadnezzar continued to do there um, from verse 3 where he takes basically the chief or the, the chiefs of the people's children and, and the nobility, he would have he done that in other countries as well. Mm -hmm. Kind of taking away the leadership and and again kind of that idea of the the princes usually came from the same family, so they were taken away and mm -hmm. placed in his service. So and he would have set up a king that he chose. Mm -hmm. So in some ways it was to stop rebellions and people rising up after their mm -hmm. own rulers. But again, he's taken these youths and gives a gives a brief outline of what they are. So you kind of have an idea of. Of Daniel and himself, um, good appearance, man says, skillful in wisdom, endowed with knowledge and understanding, competent to stand in the king's palace, and then it talks about then what they're going to do, teach them literature and the language of the Chaldeans, and they're going to be fed and watered and looked after and for three years. So mm -hmm. this is, as you say, that re-education, mm -hmm. um, bringing them basically turn turning them from being Israelite to, to Babylonian. Mm-hmm. Brainwashing, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. It was essentially uh, a brainwashing. Um, Radicalising. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, what? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to make... Trying to make them fit in and basically become, as you say, changing the names, make them become Babylonian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, too, something that needs to... Uh, I think... It's important uh, when we need 
get to it and some of the significance of some of the changes and stuff. But, you know, I, I just read that and I think, and I've thought about it too in, in other stories in the Bible that you see it, like Joseph comes to mind because mm -hmm. he was took to Egypt. And so these guys have been taken to Babylon. You know, I often thought it would have been very easy for them to down tools, you know, mm -hmm. and not look to rebel, but you know, that kind of, right, this isn't my country, these are not mm -hmm. my people, Go with the I'm not going to hang. You know, it could have been easy for them to um, to just down tools and basically, yeah, I'm not doing this. Uh, but I think, you know, it's interesting that even within this re-education, that um, Daniel and his friends uh, did go along with it and they acted as, um, you know, they, they acted with as much dignity um, mm -hmm. as they possibly could. Probably because they knew that that was the best way that they were going to honor their God and, mm -hmm. and show their God. But like what you were saying earlier, God has obviously brought them into those situations. Probably to re it remind they probably remind remembered straight away. Like you know, we, we had it really good actually when mm -hmm. back in Jerusalem, and so now they were they were beginning to see that um, actually they really did need God. Um, so I just think it's really good that they didn't down toes, but that they took it as an opportunity. Um, and even too as a as an idea for ourselves, we're all we're all working. Yeah. And we can all have days or or um, challenges within our jobs mm -hmm. and somebody who who might be on the next level of management or wherever above mm -hmm. you and they tell you something that's just easy to go, I'm not listening to you. Yeah. I don't I don't give a toss. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna do my own thing and you know, and we can all get like that at work I think too. But these people um, Daniel and his friends viewed their job in line with their service to God. Yeah. That even within their work, they were God's representative, yeah. and they acted accordingly. The same way we talked about um, before about being ambassadors. Whenever we were in mm -hmm. Philippians, you know that they were they were always on the job. You know mm -hmm. they were always in God's job. That's I think where I'm trying to mm -hmm. trying to go with that, and even. Even as we see throughout, you know, they hold that integrity. Yeah. Um, one of the things that, that you have noted, any of the Jew any of the stories about the Jews and their exile, like say Esther and, and so on, they maintain that Israelite and God worshiping identity very closely. Mm -hmm. Um and, and well, I think as uh I mean must have been uh in that country there, you know, it's the romance, you mm -hmm. know, it's any of them things, you know, on a whole, Israel was bad, you know, but it was these remnants that were raising up, mm -hmm. and uh, that God used, like, you, you had Moses, and you have, uh, well, you have, what do you call him, you have Daniel and his friends mm -hmm. here, where nearly all of Israel was down and out there, doing all the idolatry things and all, but uh, God was using these remnants, and Came in, but it was prophesied that the remnants of Israel will rise again. You know, mm -hmm. uh, must ah that was Ezekiel prophesied that, mm -hmm. and uh, that's just coming to light here now. Even sorry, no, I was um, I was just going to say I think something probably they noted quite early is in some ways as much as it was a complete change to them, you know, they were picked for their skill, mm -hmm. and I suppose that's just in a practical note application for everyone. All of us have different skills too, and we're in a sense in a you know 
Hebrews talks about being strangers and pilgrims. These guys were literal strangers and pilgrims mm -hmm. in a strange land being captive, but in some ways, in the spiritual sense, we're in the same, being in the world. But we all have gifts and abilities too, mm -hmm. and so they were able to serve God with those gifts and abilities as well. Um, it was just a reminder to us as well that, you know, whatever God has given us to do in whatever context that is, it's, it's important that we use our gifts to, to honor him. Um, and as you said, they were doing that with the purpose to reflect their true God. So I think the picture we're sort of getting here is that the Babylonians may have changed a lot of things here, like their name, they're in a different country, mm -hmm. um, their, their diet, although we might get more to that later on. Mm -hmm. But the reality was Daniel and his friends knew that if they maintained a good witness, mm -hmm. that they could still know like the power and the presence of their God with them. And that's what would make the difference. You see, you can change mm -hmm. your name and you can change mm -hmm. all these things. But the reality of our God is that he dwells with us and that he is with us and that he is real to us, whereas the Babylonian gods weren't. Mm -hmm. And so obviously Daniel and them, they realized, well, this is how we stand out here in this mm. culture we we honor our god yeah um, so yeah just as you're as you're saying that a, a flick me to another one of these uh kitchen kitchen plaque verses um and we see it so often but this actually was a verse for daniel and his friends yes for i know the plans i have for you declares the lord mm -hmm. plans to for welfare or to prosper you and not to harm you to give you um hope and a future that letter there from Jeremiah, up at the top of my uh, Bible there, says, Letter to the Exiles. This year was sent after they departed from Jeremiah mm. to them. Mm -hmm. It talks about them uh, build houses and love there, gather, plant, take wives, sons, uh, seek the welfare of the city that you're sent them, for mm. God's going to bless it. Um, don't, don't let yourselves be deceived. And then it clearly talks about the 70 years. This is all in Jeremiah 29 up until verse uh, 23. And uh, talks about them. And I will visit you, fulfill my promises. Um, uh, then you'll call on me. You'll pray. I will hear you. If you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. All those promises were just given to them for that time. Again, we can take those there as being Christians mm -hmm. and and the sun forward mm. waiting for Christ to come back or for us to join him in heaven. But for them, that was a, that was a promise for the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think too, we'd, we'd probably agree to say the gospel should still have that effect too. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason why God wants his people to live in that, even taking those back, you know, going, getting married and, or whatever and raising and being... Being faithful with whatever you have, wherever you are, part of that is that the gospel then will transform to, like from the inside out. So uh, the idea is you could have a handful of Christians in an area, but if, if they're seeking to be a witness, God can use that and transform essentially uh, the surrounding society. And that is, that's what the gospel can do. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't just change individuals, it changes societies and mm -hmm. changes communities. Amen. Mm -hmm. No, very much so. And just we're coming through probably just the, the tail end of this section so that outlines what's going to happen uh our next our next video, video podcast thing i'll look at what happened during those three years where they where they look at the food but again the names mm -hmm. are given 
are you having a point there within the last part? You know, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Nazariah from the tribe of Judah. These people um, that have been either members, cousins of the royal family, or within that higher, you know, nobility mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the land. Elite Jews. They would have been the elite Jews. Elite Jews. Um, and then they were then taken and given names. Mm-hmm. Now, you have, I know you both have names there. I'm curious them. to see how Dan. Well, I just have down Daniel, God is my judge. Mm-hmm. Hananiah, God is gracious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michelle, who is like God? I know yours maybe been slightly different. Who is what God is? Yeah. Was, Which is, I suppose, the same, the same thing. thing yeah. Azariah meant God helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yahweh is helper. Yeah. And... I don't know if you went into it. I was looking up the difference then in what their new given names were. Now, some of it's a wee bit hang, but I'll just really quickly. So, Daniel was given Belshazzar, which meant Baal, B E L, who was one of their gods. Baal protect the king. Okay. Um, um, Hananiah was given, uh, well, uh, Shadrach, uh, meaning. Command of command of Aku, which was another Aku was another Babylonian god. That's spelled A K U. Meshach, um, Meshach, the um, yeah, Meshach was named after a Babylonian moon god. Yeah. Um, and the last one was Abednego, the Babylonian god of wisdom, was Nebo. So mm-hmm. that's uh, a, sorry, that's Nebo. a wee bit. Lame, but mm-hmm. again, just go back just. Using that comparison to say the whole idea is that the Babylonians, Nebuchadnezzar thought he was so powerful and by taking these people, he was trying to convince them and also show, I suppose, the surrounding nations that, look, there's no one like our gods. Mm-hmm. But as we've said, and as I'm sure we'll note throughout this study, Jehovah, Yahweh, was in complete control of this. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter about the names. Mm-hmm. It really was irrelevant. They their their Hebrew names were symbolic, yes, but the fact was that God was still with these men. And I think, I think for me, that's the great thing to take courage from. Like even, you know, even if we were in a situation, anything like this, that we could compare to in our lives, the difference for us as Christians mm-hmm. is God's with us. Mm-hmm. And if you take even some of those names, God God will help because that's what God's God mm-hmm. helps Azariah. Yeah. Uh, there is no one like our God. God will be gracious. Uh, and we know that ultimately God is the judge. He will always do what is right. So, mm-hmm. just it's only a thought, and I, I haven't looked this up at all. So it's more just a question for next time. Mm. But did the Babylonians hold up their king as a god? But the same way the Egyptians did, like the Egyptians were viewed Pharaoh as basically the loving, a loving god. Whereas, I'm not sure what way the Babylonians worked. It's only just a, a yeah. thought. I couldn't say for certainty, but obviously mm. we'd be aware that later on, would they not ask to bow down to the golden statue of... No. And that was Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, so, essentially... I don't, know if, I don't know if he was in the same bracket as... Like Sephiro. Yeah, or those ones that we just mentioned. But obviously, he was obviously... They were obviously held in some kind of... High regard mm-hmm. in the sense, like an, even in an idol sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I think maybe the people would have looked at them and they had that much power. They're in control of a vast, mm-hmm. vast area of so much land, so many people. I was like, 
near godlike power. It's like some world leader still today. Ah, you know, yeah. it's a bit like you know, somewhat, you know, it's like North Korea or Russia. I don't know if controversial <laughs> to say that, but but it is. But he, like, and and some countries hold their leaders up, and it's not even in a bad sense. But they're they're maybe held up to a higher esteem than they should be. But yeah. as some of the people do look on them with great esteem. Like the, the only reason that I thought that and to to take it from a physical to a spiritual level is. At any point where the king is trying to set himself up and put his authority as absolute, God comes in, whether it's in Daniel or with Nebuchadnezzar or with Belshazzar or with um, Darius even, whenever mm-hmm. he gets thrown into lion's den, God just puts his hand on that spot and says, this is what's happening, and takes over. Yes, yeah, so it's like a line. And it's like, I'm allowing you to go so far, but ultimately... I maintain the, the supreme authority, mm-hmm. as you say, that line. Um, but it was just a thought, and I can look it up for next time. But yeah. it just well, like even they talked about there just quickly. They took the vessels, mm-hmm. and I can't remember which was it Darius or Belshazzar. They had like a big banquet, and and Belshazzar. Belshazzar, and they used the vessels and drank from them all. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, uh, that was a line too far, and God, he killed him down there or something. Mm-hmm. Was that that was the writing on the wall? Was right it not? Yeah. No, that was just too. You know, it was alright to take them, but then they defiled them. You yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, because they would have been used for the worship of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would have been um, within either. There were cups and they were dedicated to the mm-hmm. Lord for within there. What there is as nearly a line of what you're saying, you know. Uh, whenever you know, try to be godlike, absolutely. Well, if they have vessels and cups were for the one true God, then they were using them for themselves, and yeah. then they were gods for yes. themselves. And then God was like, nah. Mm-hmm. Which again is proven the whole idea of Daniel. You know, there's no God but Yahweh. There's no God but Jehovah. You know. So, I think we'll. We'll wrap that up there because we we fired through. Hopefully it's it's been enjoyable. I I can already tell just as we've started this, we're going to enjoy this story. Purposely left out the drinking of the wine and eating of the meat here the next time. Well And the eunuch (laughs) I I I I had a I have a wee bit of undepth I was waiting for it to land, but I'll save it for next time. You'll save 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 that for the intro. Are they? Aren't they? Don't know. We'll talk about that. All right. That's it. So we'll uh, we'll catch you next time when we go on to the next part from verses eight to twelve. Sounds good. Peace out. See you (laughs) next one. See you next time.